Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How would you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit reset, and that's when you can reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. Look, it's summertime. Transfer window is coming up. It's gonna get crazy. So if you ever just wanna, again, take a step back and relax, read the transfer rounds, read the gossip rumors, grab a Coors Light. It'll be perfect companion for all those transfer merry-go-rounds. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when the beer is cold. That way you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Now that it's finally hot in Minnesota, I'm gonna be looking for an easy beer to drink, and Coors Light is perfect for that. It's lagered, it's cold filtered, and it's cold packaged. It's, again, made to chill. It's crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies perfect for a moment to unwind and so when you want to hit reset reach for the beer that's made to chill get coors light in the new look delivered straight to your door with drizzly or instacart coors brewing company golden colorado and as always celebrate all right so you're listening to this podcast right now london is blue and guess what we host our podcast on anchor.fm that's right if you're looking to host your own podcast this is the easiest free way to get started. This has got a content creation tool allows you to record and the podcast right from a phone. That's right, don't even need a computer, but you can do it there too. They'll also help you distribute it, which is probably the most challenging part. You don't want to have to mess with that. They got you covered. You can get it right on a Spotify and Apple Podcasts as well as any other place podcasts are found. And you know what? You can monetize it too. Make a little cash for sharing your great content with the world. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one individual place. So you know what? Head over to your app store, download the Anchor app, or head to anchor.fm to get started if you're ready to launch your podcast and make it happen. I'm Pat Nevin. Hi, this is Ruben Loftus-Cheek. I'm Mason Mount. You're listening to the London is Blue podcast. Welcome back, Chelsea fans, to another episode of the London is Blue podcast, your home for all things Chelsea FC. Dan, Mike, Nick, and myself cover all the match reviews from the latest Chelsea matches. We cover the team news and even throw you some exclusive interviews. Thank you already for being an awesome listener. And you know what? Let's jump right in. And welcome back, Chelsea fans, to another episode of the London is Blue podcast. Back to our summer series taking in the preseason under the tutelage of Frank Lampard. Joining me as always, Dan, Nick, and Mike, and special guest, best friend of the pod, Dan Sills, all the way from London. Dude. How is it going, sir? Yeah, it's good. It's great. It's finally going with you guys. Really looking forward to it. Yeah, I know. We get it. Thankfully, we have a nice little WhatsApp that uh, you keep us entertained with, so it, it's good. To <laughs> I'll do my best. <laughs> finally put some footballing behind it. Uh, jumping right in though, Dan, we do have even more five star reviews in Apple Podcasts. Run us through it. Yeah, we've got a ton here. So uh, seven up seven from the last time we talked. Four people left some comments, so we appreciate that. We had Alex Dahmer, we had uh, Jandro thirty one, uh, always been interacting with us on Twitter for a really long time, um, as well as L Brendan forty two and then L Brendan, huh? L Brendan. <laughs> The Spanish version. Yeah. L. Brendan. There you go. Uh, and then Spencer Murr, all leaving wonderful five-star reviews. couple new American fans, new Chelsea fans, potentially brought in by Captain America Christian Pulisic, but that's okay. We'll indoctrinate you. We'll get you brought into the fold. But hey, if you want to get a shout-out at the start of an episode, leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. 
We'll shout it out in the next episode. Sure will. The other thing we will shout out uh, are when you is when you join our Patreon. So thank you, Kyle, for jumping on. We've already got him in Discord, talking to him on there. He's been enjoying. We've been doing a ton of, obviously, lineup predictions on uh, Discord. So it has been a ton of fun. Kyle, welcome. Huge with the $5 uh, donation every single month. Um, but, Nick, you get the exciting exciting plug here for our really good friends at talisman caps that's right um so we did a giveaway over the last week with talisman um it's been it's been really cool to kind of see the reaction kind of did a social media giveaway so uh the update there is that we will be picking a winner by the time that you listen to this pod so look on our social channels but i just really appreciate everyone jumping in and participating i think there's a lot of excitement out there for uh, the youth uh, players on the squad and got a lot of shouts for Tammy, got a lot of shouts for Mason. Uh, we just really appreciate the uh, the engagement there and look for more stuff with them. We have a, a couple other things lined up this summer, um, but just remember that if you uh, are, are dying for some merch, that we have a promo code to help you out. Uh, that is London Pod 10, not just London Pod, London Pod 10. So you gotta, you gotta do that. Okay. Yeah. You get 10%. That's why. It's really, really simple. We try to make it as easy as possible on everyone. Um, so that is awesome. Super excited to be able to give away some really cool Chelsea merchandise. Um, you know, through Lifestyle, our baby. Lifestyle. It's, it's great. We're all um, So teeing this podcast up, if you, if you haven't listened to all of our preseason pods, very different from our normal stuff. So here's what we're not doing today. Uh, we're not going to be an overreaction hot take podcast on, oh my gosh, they played 30 minutes, they're terrible. Uh, We are not going to be recognizing people who want to get maybe silly hashtags that we don't really agree with trending already. It's July still. And uh, I guess Dan has already cut his three up, three down. (laughs) So, Well, well, someone has to go to work in... 45 minutes here. So, yeah, it can uh, happen. So let's we're, just we're, go ahead and... Make it a little uh, smaller of a podcast there. <laughs> run it anyways. So instead, what we're going to be doing in this episode is looking at preseason results. Do they really matter for the season? What is the point of preseason matches? We're going to discuss Lampard's comments about key players as well as fringe players and what that can mean for the squad construction. Uh, and then we're going to geek out about one man, Christian Pulisic, and his First appearance in a Chelsea shirt. So excited. Uh, and yes, Dan did pay $19.99 for uh, a Dazen subscription. Just I to it's make sure. Dazone? Dazone. How do you. They need to work on their marketing. It's like a Pizza Hut Pizone, but Dazone. Calzone? Oh, wow. That is, that's a throwback wow. there. Yeah, it really yeah. is. Yeah, I saw those the other day. They were, I think they're trying to bring it back. Oh, my gosh. Pizza they, Hut, it, sponsor this podcast. <laughs> Pair it with a a half liter of Surge and you're back to the 90s. (laughs) Surge was so good. All right. All right. Well, let's go ahead and jump into this. So again, the match we are reviewing is the Kawasaki Frontal J-League World Challenge. It was at the Nissan Stadium in Yokohama, Japan. Obviously, we're there in Yokohama, giving love to our shirt sponsor, doing a little tour there. It was this past uh, Friday, July 19th. Scoreline, maybe surprise some of you, Chelsea 0, Kawasaki Frontal 1. And we have the best part about it, Dan. Throw us through the lineups for the first yeah. half, we should clarify. <laughs> sure. So uh, Willie Caballero was in goal along with uh, Alonso, Zuma, Azpilicueta, David Luiz as the back four. You had 
Kovacic and Jorginho as the uh, two, as well as Mount Pedro Kennedy as the three, and then Batshuayi as the one up top. Substitutes during the match, plenty of them. So you had Zappa Costa, you had Barkley, you had Giroud, you had Christensen and Emerson all coming in in the 45th minute. In the 65th minute, or sorry, 56th minute, you had Bakayoko come in along with Daniel Drinkwater. 65th minute, Christian. Hell of a pairing, those two. Boy, what a, what a pivot. <laughs> Gosh. Uh, you need to stop, okay? You need to stop. No, I am a hot take machine. No, no, no. We are lukewarm today, Nicholas. We are lukewarm. <laughs> we're, we're lukewarm all the time. Yeah, uh, we are cool as the water coming out of your faucet. Uh, Christian Pulisic in the 65th minute. And then we had Casey Palmer come in at the 71st minute. Uh, Cummings and then Tamori did not make an appearance, even though that they were a part of the um, substitute bench. Yep. So strong 4-2-3-1 first half, roughly a 4-3-3 in the second half. Silves, you are a season ticket holder going to Chelsea far and away as well as at home. I guess when you see these kind of lineups in preseason, what do you look for in all the years you've been watching Chelsea? What have you learned to pay attention to? Uh, no results, to be honest. Um, <laughs> I mean, we, we, you're looking at you know Carlo Ancelotti's first season. It was preseason. It was dreadful. We won the double. I think it's really just about fitness. You know, new manager assessing the players, seeing what systems work. As, it's just getting a really good basement into the season. I mean, I've never really paid any attention to you know, good results, bad results, whatever, because it's it's really pointless. There's no like, you know, you know, you don't get any league points for it. You want to go out there, have a good run around, increase intensity, and not get any injuries. And that's what it was. I mean, it was last minute winner. It happens. It's friendly. You know, the most important thing is Man United in a couple of weeks time on the Sunday. Then that's when the business starts. So I've never really overreacted or underreacted or anything to to a friendly because that's exactly what it is. I mean, when I was gay, we were playing friendlies against like teams from like you know go down to Bournemouth for example we had a friendly there and it's all it's all about you know marketing the brand pushing the brand and that you know the football's like almost like an incidental at the moment just as you said you know they're our sponsors go there do our duties play our game do some training um, crazy taking them halfway around the world you know for, for this game and then back again and all over Europe it, you know, I don't know how that is because in terms of you know body body quality but it's fitness, it's awareness, and let Frank see who he wants to keep. Yeah, I, w- I would quickly add to that. I think the, you know, the Yokohama part of this deal is is really kind of an important piece, right? Like they are our shirt sponsor, they're one of the highest highest paying shirt sponsors in the league, and you know sometimes you got to do stuff like this. You know, I they, the team came to the United States like three years in a row, kind of mid two thousands, and that's all in the effort of expanding the brand too. So. You know, this preseason stuff, while that, you know, may not be what's on the forefront of everyone's mind. And like, I think there's a lot of excitement around the youth and playing, you know, some of the young players right now, Dan, like there's a lot of commercial value to to a preseason in Japan. They had a sold out stadium and got fucking Yokohama on the shirt. I mean, it's, you know, it's a no brainer for the club. I mean, same as the Wolves Man City game this morning. That was literally full of, you know, brand new fans. It's all about, as you say, you know, selling Chelsea or whoever it is to, to, to the Far East, which is a huge, huge market. Yeah. Well, if you want to look down the stats line for some positivity, you know, 59% possession, 22 shots, only five on target, but creating opportunities, nine corners. 
um, and somehow got away without a red card. I, you know, just typical preseason, I guess. There was actually a stat about this official, and the last time that he had had a red card was like years ago. Like hey, Dennis Wise. Dennis Wise got sent off with a preseason friendly, and that was a long time ago. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Well, Fabregas should have gone a couple of years ago. I think he did a really bad tackle. It might have been in New York. He actually. did. Yeah. Yeah. But they, because it's non-competitive match, they don't, they don't count. I mean, Vanovic got something from the charity shield. Yeah, two years back, which is technically friendly. So he really did. Uh, yeah, yeah, great challenge. Villa Park is great. Yeah, <laughs> he earned that one all the way. Ivanovic yeah. <laughs> always committed. Always gotta love it. All right, well, let's go ahead and kick on to the first point. Is that uh, you know some people I think are getting a little overexcited about the preseason matches. We're talking about it. So Marco Gate Seventeen Marco on Twitter, love this. It's preseason. It's preseason. It's preseason. It's preseason. Just over and over, reminding everyone don't don't get don't get too out of shape. Uh, follows it up with it's a preseason friendly. It's a thousand degrees Celsius. Stop over analyzing. And then his grand finale: rigorous fitness workout in tropical greenhouse conditions to win football games, even friendlies. You have to put the ball in the back of the net more than your opponents. Chelsea had a myriad of opportunities to score, which is a lot better than creating nothing. Be patient. Um, that's kind of the theme here. There, there was a lot of discussion on Twitter, Mike, back and forth on, you know, it's just a lot of different things. You know, they, there's the Chelsea can't even score against the J League team. Then there was the opposite of this is a really good J League team is actually quality opposition that made it uncomfortable for Chelsea. Um, again, your reaction, preseason friendly first you know first probably hard match we've these guys have even seen yeah i mean i'm gonna go with an iverson quote and practice we're talking about practice you know what i mean this this it's important for us to be able to see people run out um but i think people overreacting on twitter it it has no impact of what happens um this season with the exception of somebody going down hurt um and as long as you know, Frank has a good chance to scout the limited options that he has this year without a transfer window. Um, you know, just working on on fitness is, is all that you can really do, Dan. You know, so to me, it's it's a bunch of it doesn't really matter, and I think people are getting upset about nothing because that is Chelsea Twitter. A lot of it, right, Silves? Is you look at the substitutions: one, two, three, four, five players came on at halftime. Right, so he's managing minutes. Another two came off at fifty-five minutes, and then seven. Right, it was very regimented. These guys knew going into the game exactly how many minutes they were going to play. Yeah, when all these subs does break up the rhythm of the game. Again, it's it's about individual fitness, rather than anything else. Also, they, they, you know, they're they're halfway through their season, so they've got the most important thing, which is match fitness, which is what we're, we're building by playing all these friendlies. It Twitter is like a really a good and a bad place. I think if you look at some of the responses yesterday, like really cr- crazy you know, people seeing, you know, I you know, I want Sarri back. I mean, seriously, it's, it's a friendly guy. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I know. I sort of like, you know, you know, I, I, I'll... to be fair, to be fair, Mauricio didn't get a preseason. So who knows how he would have done. <laughs> people say that he had three days, you know, someone goes, sorry, didn't die for this. I'm like, well, sorry, died. She smoked 60 a day, but that's not. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. It, it's purely fitness. I just, you know, we got, um, Barcelona on Wednesday, and if we get ripped apart, you know, meltdown's going to be even worse. But, you know, just get the fitness going, get the players. He'll be, you know, I reckon as we get towards, you know, the um, the European games, we'll start to see maybe a first level taking shape, who he thinks, and 
you know, how his 25-man squad's going to be built down. I think certainly Palmer probably won't be part of that. I'm pretty sure that he's going to drop by the way, so I don't think he's good enough um, at this level. I say we'll come on to you know, those players further down the line. Yeah, well, I we- think a, a key point too is that we have played teams that are well within their season who are already up to fitness. So uh, Kawasaki, Frontale are 18 matches in their season, nine wins, eight draws, one loss. They're in third place. They're the um, defending league champions and they've scored 21 goals and allowed 11, one of the best defensive records in the J League right now. So we're not we're not playing scrubs, you know? So I mean, I think that's the thing to keep in mind too, is that even though, yes, the overall quality mid-season to mid-season between the Premier League and the J League probably is miles apart, we also are not up to fitness at this point in time. So that's, I think, a big structural thing to keep in mind, Nick, about where the, the context of it is very important. Right. And, and I don't know. I think more than just fitness, it's like giving guys who wouldn't have a chance a chance to shine. Like, you know, I agree, you know, we'll get into the, the fringe players here in a second, but like Palmer, for the example, so it's like, you know, if we if we never see him play at this level, if we never see him play against Kawasaki, or if we never see him play against any of the Irish teams that we played, like there there's just never we'll never know. So we have to run these guys out. We have to give them a chance, and we also have to realize. And I think this is a really important point. A lot of these guys never stop playing throughout the year. Maybe they take two weeks off. Like I, I can't imagine the physical strain that goes on to your body, especially a guy like Dave who plays every single game, every single year, all the time, full effort. It you know, it's there are players who can get away with taking their foot off the gas, and we know who those players are. You know, players like Dave, it looked like he was running through quicksand last night, and I can totally understand why. Like he he absolutely does not take a break. And so you have to, I think, have a little bit of grace at this point of the year to let these guys kind of work their way through it. I mean, it has to just be difficult. They're playing two, they're doing two days probably, and they have to go through all this like crazy travel and their bodies are probably just warped. Yeah, there's a lot that goes into this. So please, like, let's just, just watch and enjoy. And then when we get to United, that's when you start taking shit seriously. That's when the business starts. Yeah, that's when you're like, then you can be a bit more critical. But even then it's, you know, three, four games to get momentum going. Because, you know, yeah. competitive matches like Man United, that's the real match fitness. Because, you know, these friends aren't paid at full power. They're not paid 100 miles an hour. So once we start playing, you know, United, Leicester, whoever it might be, then we'll get the match fitness going. Then we'll see, the, you know, September, maybe after the international break, we'll start seeing, you know, players playing at, you know, full level. Well, yeah, and a big part of it too, right, is this preseason is way more important than any other preseason we've had because... You can't go plug holes with signings like we've been able to do in the past. We have to see as many players as possible and get them as many minutes as possible so Frank and his team can make the best decision on who stays and who goes. Like I think not having the transfer window as an option for us just makes it that much more important. And I think that's why they're going to give guys a lot more time before they make a decision. They have to. And Nick, you're right. Like preseason is brutal. I remember when we went and met with the team in Minneapolis a few years ago, even Dave was just, they were exhausted talking to us at like seven in, at night, you know, two a days. Um, you know, Dave was exhausted. They just, the, the amount of physical effort they are putting into it right now is intense. We even saw it at Nazard, you know, just running sprints over and over and over. 
And that was the the day before the match, right? Like they are going a hundred percent. There's no there's no tapering in preseason no. like a normal season. Well, and and the, and the whole point of these things too, and like we learned, we were the beneficiaries of this. They came and did an hour kind of meet and greet chat with us after they. So they have all these extra responsibilities that they go through at, when they're zonked, when they're tired, when they've been through to it, like just put the whole picture together in your brain people like it's not it's not hard to understand if you've you know Brandon works these long days like if you've worked a 12 hour day the last thing you want to do is go work some more you know like it's, yeah. it's just come on really D Dorm here putting in last season's preseason results right one win three draws finished third and won the Europa League you know and we went to Australia um, you know for some different things like that so it, these guys, thankfully, they travel in luxury. Um, their schedule is accommodating as it can be, uh, but they're there to put in the work and get ready for a long and tough season. So uh, again, just want to kind of put that out there. Uh, preseason has always been a mixed bag of results. Remember in, in 2013-14, we didn't win any silver silver marina second spell, but you would have thought we would have won something since you know we had six, six wins and a draw. It just You just never know, you know, preseason is not a direct indicator for the rest of the season. So I think that's that that's the main point. So anything anyone else wants to add on that before we uh, move it right along? I think we've beat this to a pulp. So all right. um, Orange juice. All right. Well, real quick, we're going to run a quick ad. And when we're back, we're going to be talking specifically about Lampard's um, squad, how he's going to build it, how we think he's going to go with the fringe players, who his key players are. Uh, So we'll be back real quick. All right. So as we mentioned, the second point is all about Frank and discussing who is going to stay with the squad and who might head out. One person we know right away is headed out is Ethan Ampadu. Uh, Silves, quick reaction on Ampadu going to potentially Red Bull Leipzig in the Bundesliga. Yeah, that's a great loan for him. I think it's a really good breeding ground for young players. Such a Jordan Sancho. I think he's a competitive league. He's going to a good team. I think you'll be real making for him. He's a year away from home at a young age. I think it's you know, they, they picked the loan very well for him. I think I think he'll enjoy himself. I think he'll come back a better player. Yeah, I actually think it's one of the most astute loan moves we've seen so far this offseason. Now, obviously, Ampadu is someone we've all looked at who has the ability to boss around people 20 years his senior and make them listen, which is a talent unto itself and has shown an ability to be fearless and relentless in his challenges and most likely would get played in a midfield position, which I think is, you know, obviously where he plays for the Welsh team, where he has kind of shown some success and kind of a defensive midfield role. So um, under the the tutelage of uh, uh, Nagelsmann, which uh, I think is going to be very, very beneficial to him, he's going to do exceptional. I think it's going to make us similar to how some of us would watch a, a Derby County's you know, match last season to see how Mount and Tamori were doing. I think some of us are going to be watching Leipzig matches to see how Ampadu's getting along. As if you weren't watching Derby specifically for Frank. Don't lie. Well, I mean, yeah, that as well. That was, I mean, look, it was basically <laughs> like the Chelsea B team. Uh, yeah, sorry, Vitessa. That's that ship has sailed. <laughs> well, M- Mike, Mike, I was going to ask you, like, which position do you think he's like? Great question. Fin- finally, going to settle into because. My guess is midfield, probably the base of a midfield, probably an N'Golo Kante style destroyer. But I don't know. Maybe he's going to play center back in the Bundesliga. I mean, you right don't have back. to be huge. That's my guess. 
Oh, yeah. right. Okay. Interesting. I don't know. I, I think, you know, Frank's spoken on it earlier and, and I'm, I'm one for, you know, tactical flexibility. I think that good players should be able to move around. I, I did it as a player. Um, and I think it really helps you to be able to play in both positions because, you know, if, if he has that understanding of how to be at center back, he's going to be a better defensive midfielder to help cover his center backs when he's playing. It's just a, a deeper understanding of, of how those, those two sync up and, and what kind of cover he needs to add. Um, it will be really interesting. I, you know, it, it's, I always think it's really tough to see players um, play different positions sometimes than what their national team is. So, you know, I, I would agree. I think that I think I would love to see him in the midfield, and I, I think if that works for Wales and that works for him, um, I think that would be probably the best scenario for me. Well, the continuity would be key. You know, mm. let, let's get him to a point where he's actually established himself in a particular position and is really getting an opportunity to make it his own versus the flipping back and forth. Like, yes, I know. Like, Christensen is another player who's flexed around when he goes back to the Danish national team because they'll play him in a you know, defensive midfielder position uh, and then also play him at you know because they won't play him at center back because they're absolutely loaded on center backs. So yes, like tactical flexibility is helpful, but I'd really like at this point in his career for him to get settled into like a style of position and use this year to get really, really good and potentially be fighting for a squad position at Chelsea next season. Well, and I was going to pass the Silves really quick. Like I think there are two, two key points here. One being that it's a different level of fitness uh, playing center back and playing defensive midfield in Golo Conte, Terminator, Destroyer. Uh, <laughs> second point being, I think there are a lot of people, even like Dean Mears on Twitter, Dan Silves, that um, don't think that he's good enough to, to make it at Chelsea. I disagree. I think he's going to be wonderful and potentially a captain-esque pick someday, but... What are your thoughts on, on Ampadu? I think he's got a huge talent. I think he'll end up being a defensive midfielder. Personally, I don't know whether he's quite got the height or the you know, you know, the attack to be a centre back. Like okay, okay, he's probably a good player, but he's not quite top level because he hasn't got the height or the dynamism to be a really top class centre half. I think we'll see him playing defensive midfield. So he likes to tackle, he puts his foot in. I think that's where his best role will be. Yeah, I think the hardest part is just his ability to stay healthy. Um, I think when you have a player who goes kind of balls out the way he does um it's tough to to keep that level of game and and stay fit so it'll be interesting to see if maybe the bundesliga he can kind of i don't know shape his style of play a little bit better to keep him healthy for a whole season awesome all right well obviously waiting to get the finalized details of that loan for ethan uh, but really looking forward to what that might look like for him. So getting back to Lampard, specifically discussing some of his squad players that are they going to stay? Are they going to go? Um, Dan, before we get into that, D Dorm, he had a couple couple of comments, one specifically about fitness and one about the movement of the ball that I think will kind of help set up what he's looking for in building sure. his squad. Yeah, so the comment that he had specifically, I think the key part of it, he talked about having 10 days of preseason, having flown to Japan three days ago, brings up a lot of difficulties for us physically. And that's why I was very pleased with the players physically. They gave everything in strong humidity with some good individual performances. And I discovered an appetite and attitude to work in the humidity with jet lag for a lot of the players. So yeah, you know, again, Frank continuing to be basically saying all the right things to uh, Chelsea TV and to the media to put the narrative together appropriately. And then the off the ball 
talked about the play. Quality of play on the ball was not quite what we wanted. We will get there. In front of goal was a similar thing. We're not quite as sharp as we want to be, but we're working towards that. I'm confident we'll come. I've got no fears. I'm happy with big parts of the performance, you know, because we we saw is that the on the ball play was that 4-2-3-1 when we were off the ball was more of a 4-4-2. So you saw someone like Mason Mount or Kennedy or Pedro kind of moving up to be a little bit more level with Bashwai to kind of push the ball forward, kind of break on a quick counter. And uh, yeah, so we, we're starting to see a little bit about what Frank is trying to do with the squad. We've seen less of that 4-3-3 that we thought we might see, uh, but that's probably due to William being out, Calm Hudson-Odoi being out, and a couple of those dynamic players like Pulisic and Mount really just getting started. So first one that we have quotes are for Kurt Zuma. So right away, Mike, this will be coming to you. Kurt is a very good defender, a very good person and professional. And I want him here. Simple as that. We are competitive with the center backs we've got on the team. He had a very good season at Everton and I understand why they want him, but he's a Chelsea player and I want him. He's working really hard and if he competes for position and plays well this season, then he plays. Uh, love it, Lampard, telling Everton to suck it right out of the gate and uh, <laughs> says he wants him. Big flex. Yeah. Zuma's the kind of player that you want, especially in the situation. He's a proven, you know, Premier League center back. He has a great upside. And, and again, you know, what we saw in Kurt from the 15 16 season on was that he's, you know, he, he that big smile that you see on his face when he's playing, he, he loves to be out there. He's passionate. And I think that um, we're really, really fortunate to be able to be pulling back a lone player like this in, in the current situation. Um, you know, and I think him speaking about his being a good person, I think Frank and, and Jody have said they want players who want to be there, to be at Chelsea. And and I think this should be really important to all of us because we're building towards, you know, a better future in which we're not we're just having guys to come in for a little bit and then leaving. You know, we want people full and we want Chelsea players. So uh, I, I'm excited, Nick. I uh, yeah, I'm 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 interested to see how this works. Um, you know, I think the the comments I had last week, you know, were were maybe slightly uh, over exaggerated in you know just saying that his his ability to play out of the back just isn't as good as I would say David Luiz, probably Christensen, and most likely Tamori. Honestly, just because we've saw Tamori do it last year, um, there there's real concern there for me. But I would also say that. Watching him play with Louise yesterday was really interesting. Um, he looked a hell of a lot more comfortable on the right. He looked like he he was the guy who was going to handle a lot of the physical kind of last ditch challenges and let David kind of move up and start pinging passes over the top. I think uh, Silves that that's one area to me this year that if they can find the right balance between the center backs and let David Louise start hitting his his trademark 60-yard ball to either wing, I think we're going to be in okay shape there. Oh, totally. I think, you know, Kurt's a proper defender. I mean, he's tough, he's strong, he's good in the air. He's better than the end He dominates the penalty box. I think you need that alongside like a ball play centre. If you've got somebody to just do the, do the mucky stuff, you know, you could, you could say Christensen and Rüdiger or Louise and um, Zuma. There's a, there's a real mixed match amongst them. I think, I think Zuma was doing so well before his cruise at Chelsea and he also was taking a while to get back given his, like, his body form and size of him, it takes a while to get back into like full seam and a good loan last year. I'm, I'm glad to have him back, you know, just as a personality around the dressing room as well, because 
he's got the most infectious smile when you see him smiling he's just like yeah i love that but just you know. just wait for him and kante right those smiles <laughs> oh my those gosh two, and it's big and small duo this is gonna be great uh, i'll be great yeah yeah i'm looking forward to having a good season well, and, and we were so weak in the box last season with both Rudiger and Louise. And one of Zuma's best strengths is that he is much better in the air than both of those players. And so if we're looking at trying to reassert some physicality, reassert some dominance in the air, where we really struggled last season um, in defending set pieces and defending corners, this is something that we will see a immediate improvement just from a personnel standpoint, not even a tactical change. Let's yeah. all pray. Let's all pray for the end of zonal marking. No more zonal oh, marking. God. No. I hope so. Because we used to have like Drogba being like an extra defender. You know, he'd always... Yeah. You know, we haven't had anyone like a striker defending our box for a long time like that because yeah. the amount of time Drogba would just get his head on the ball and get it out and send Tarski pick up a mark. So that's well, what we need. He was always like, the like first man. He was always yeah. the first man. He always and won the ball. Him and Costa. Diego yeah. did the same role on set pieces. Um, he wasn't as good at it, though. I mean, well, you know, kinda... we, we know well, what Didier okay. did with his head in Munich. We'll never forget that. Um, but <sighs> but with Zuma, I think uh, one thing I, w- I did want to point out, Mike, I don't know if you saw this. Uh, David Luiz will play a 40-yard swing ball and skip <laughs> Zuma rather than play through the back. I think that's just an interesting dynamic. You gain with Zuma, but you lose some other things. And then also, don't just think about him and David Luiz, right? You got to think about him and Keppa as well and what that center back and goalkeeper partnership is. Keppa is a phenomenal shot stopper. He's not going to go get the ball out of the air. He's short. We just know his limitations. And that was a weakness for Chelsea last season. So again, if you have an imperious central defender, he's going to go clean up everything out of the air and not let anything... Um, come at Keppa from short range to kind of protect him because he has limited range. I think that's a, a big asset as well. So um, we'll, we'll have to see. But uh, again, talk about kudos to the club for getting a good, good loan for Kurt Zuma. I mean, we thought he we were going to sell him last year. And now all of a sudden he's a potential starter. So big ups for Kurt and the club. Uh, next one is Kennedy. Uh, Lampard had some interesting words on Kennedy, Nick. Uh, run us through that. Yes, and and this is a an interesting guy who I'm you know after the preseason a couple of years ago I'm shocked that he's still kind of in the shirt um, or but, that they brought him back to Asia. Yeah. <sighs> um, so there's, so there's a lot going on outside of the footballing, but um, with Kennedy, my feeling coming into a big squad with the transfer ban is that I need to assess the players for as long as I can in preseason to make sure we pick the right squad. If Kennedy can continues to show the attitude and play the way he did today. He's making a great case to stay or having been on loan in recent seasons. Nobody is in or out of the squad. It has a line drawn uh, under or over them right now. Everybody is competing to stay in. So I don't know, Mike, like it would be a shock kind of given his like previous um, time at the club and all the different positions he's played. But I mean, given that Callum is out for however long and, and reports are off and on there on, on when he's going to be back. And, you know, the fact that William's still, you know, kind of uh, recovering from the uh, from Copa America, like there could be a spot for him early on, maybe. Yeah, I, I think uh, the William aspect is something we haven't really talked a lot about. And it's kind of a big concern to me um, just because that's the depth that we have. You know, I, I could easily see Kennedy um getting six months and then being loaned out in in the winter transfer window um again you know he has premier league experience 
it's kind of a, a bit of a head scratcher because obviously there's a lot of talent. Uh, I think he's a good example of, you know, what young talented players kind of can do sometimes just some of the foolishness. Um, I don't know. I think that if anything's, you know, if there was a solution, you know, Frank and Jody, maybe they can pull them under his wing and help him like just take his game from a maturity level to the, just to the next to the next level. So I think his problem is that he's so one footed that you know, like it, we saw it yesterday. He tried a couple shots with his right, and it, they went. They were just dribbles. I mean, essentially, just goalkeeper picked him up. Uh, his left foot, however, is like a rocket, um, and so I, I think. Maybe, Dan, where I would, um, in this dormer, not Sylves, um, where I would um, where I would like to see him is just try him on the right and let him cut in on his left and see if he can be, you know. Aryan uh, Robin? Bu- uh, yeah, a budget, a budget Robin. <laughs> poor, poor yeah, that, Robin. That's a, a tall order for anyone to be a budget Robin. Uh, so <laughs> what I would say is that we have Christian on the side now who can play on the left, which would then allow someone like Kennedy to flex over to the right and give us an opportunity there. I, I just hate, hate, hate the way that when Kennedy gets dispossessed, he basically like stops yeah. and pauses like he's a video game and then has to unpause and then continue movement backward or to go track back for a ball. Uh, that is probably my biggest problem with him is that he's not as two-way as a Pedro, as a William. Uh, as a Christian, uh, Mason, whoever it might be, you know, we we do have attacking options. I, I definitely think Kennedy will not be a part of the squad. And it's it's less due to that. It's more due to we're going to start to run into an issue where if you want Mishi, if you want Zuma, if you want Kennedy to stay, this was Chelsea Youth tweeting this out. For example, you have to lose Bakayoko, um, but then to accommodate Pulisic in the Champions League squad, you have to lose one of those other three or someone else altogether as he can't go into the B-list in Europe yet. So like you have to, it's not just about like how many players in each position, but it's also going to be about squad construction. And I think that's where someone like Kennedy um, is probably more likely to be like a lone candidate. Uh, and again, if we end up in a 4-3-3, it's, it's even more likely that Kennedy doesn't make it to the uh, the start of the season at uh, Man United. Yeah, his only chance is a four two three one. I mean, and that's just a fact. I mean, there's an, he's not going to play centrally. So so upside, he's adaptable, right? He could, he could play left back, could play attacking left or right, which Frank said he likes. But I mean, from a winger standpoint, William has to come back. You have Pedro, you have Pulisic, right? Callum Hudson Odoi will be back in the first half of the season. Seems like a realistic window. Yes, September to December, somewhere in there, he should be back. So I think that's the biggest thing is wherever Callum's fitness is and where Lampard sees him. I mean, there's still contract negotiation issues allegedly with that. So I think it's up to Frank to decide where Callum's at to see where Kennedy fits in. Um, and you know, that's kind of where where I think he's going to land on him. Definitely a fringe player. I think we'd all agree. Uh, w- one player not on the fringe, we hope, is Mason. He's not. Mason Mount. Um, Frank, uh, a little bit more promising, excited about him, I'd say, mainly because, right, um, he worked with him last season at Derby. So Frank said, quote, I think I thought Mason's performance was really good. It was a continuation of how he played for me last year on loan. His energy is quality. 
even though he hasn't been with us long. We know Mason is part of the first team squad this year, and it's time for him. His qualities will improve even more with the quality around him. Everyone knows the hope I have for Mason, and he showed a glimmer of what we may see this year and going forward. End quote. Uh, okay, well, definitive. He's in the team. Fringe player. <laughs> <laughs> Frank's just messing with us all. Big, just, you know, screwing with our heads. Yeah, uh, Silves, Mason Mount, um, tons of potential. Looks sharp, looks creative. He played in the number 10, and he played wide right today. Um, what do you think of him? And he does he remind you of uh, any maybe former first team players that Chelsea's had? I think he's got absolutely brilliant talent. The fact that we got him under a new contract is 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 good. I think he'll have a fairly important part in the season. I don't think he'll be a starter, but he just he's, the boy's got talent. I wonder if he could almost be you know he could create a new Lampard. Lampard, you know, laying to box, scoring goals, good range of passing, intelligent player, great awareness. I think he'll, I reckon he'll probably get you know, 20, 25 games a season. Because potentially with the Champions League, we've got, you know, 50-odd games this season. So it'd be good to see him get a chance. I mean, there's, you know, you've got, you know, the most important thing about Frank is Jody Morris. He knows these kids so well because he's had most of them since they were like 10, 11, 12, 13. So he knows their mentality, he knows the strengths, he knows the weaknesses. And what a perfect time to integrate with the squad. I mean, you know, we, you know, you might find that, in, you know, Mason Mount will save us £50 million pounds in outstanding central midfield next summer. Could have a really good a good season for us. You know, great, great, great player. And I think Frank Frank sees that. And Frank knows talent. Yeah, I mean, I, I would say this about Mason. Um part of part of what I'm looking for from him right now, Mike, is are are you are you willing to just show out in these preseason games? Maybe not always do do the right thing or make the exact right play, but are you willing to take on people? Are you willing to take a you know kind of first time ball and see if you can cross it into the box and maybe Batshuayi's there? Like I want to see him take a few risks. Same with Christian, honestly, take a few risks. We got so stale and boring in the final third last year that we need someone who's going to think differently and try to do something that uh, isn't kind of by the book playbook style. Yeah, a hundred percent. I think what we're going to see the the difference maker with Christian and 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 Mason this year is just an intensity, being able to implement Frank's pressing system, and and I think uh, hustle and and um, just gritting it out is what's going. It's kind of going to be maybe some of that older Chelsea style of it's not about necessarily more talent. We're just going to want it more, and I, I think what you know you, you see Gallagher's quotes, all these kids talking about how hard they want to play for you know the gaffer i think that is going to be a huge um shift than what we saw in the previous season and if these two the two of them can just run their asses off it's it's going to make it's going to make a difference especially late in games and with tired legs dan well and 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 you saw what was happening when mason was off the ball and i think that's that's key in this type of system is that mason knew when to move forward to kind of make it that front two versus a Bashwai alone by himself up front to create an additional option for whether it was Jorginho, whether it was, you know, any of the fullbacks who were starting to press the ball forward. You know, he was trying to anticipate a potential turnover so that he could make himself available to have that interchange up front and, allow potentially a quick conversion or an opportunity in the box if we're able to turn it over. So he has a lot of awareness. He has a lot of instinctive ability. And again, he's worked under Frank and Jody 
um, under Jody for multiple seasons and then also under Frank and Jody last season. So if anyone is ready, you know, we talked about the whole Jorginho knowing sorry system and being, you know, a example of sorry on the pitch, you know, Mount is going to have instructionally a lot of the understanding of what Frank and Jody are going to want to do on the pitch, which I think is going to earn him a quicker start than I think most people are expecting. And I think he could be a very, very pivotal player for us this season. It's going to be exciting. We've got some 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 players that, you know, really have an opportunity that without this transfer ban wouldn't have had. And I think that that's a cool, unique situation for them to be in. And it is it is a protected opportunity for them to take charge because as of right now, there's no summer signings. There's no January signings. It is this group the entire season going forward. They're going to be playing Champions League. They're going to be playing the top six. They're going to be playing in all the cup competitions. Like Frank's going to have to rotate this squad. There's going to be minutes to be played, uh, which will be really exciting. So a uh, quick update on the squad from at care for you saying uh, Tammy Abraham had tonsillitis, but he should be ready for Barcelona. Aretha Balaga had a stomach bug, should be ready for Barcelona. And then obviously Hudson Adoy is still recovering from his ruptured Achilles. Um, apparently should be training soon, allegedly. Um, again, a lot of differing reports on that, so I don't want to get into it too much. Um, but Dan, I do just want uh, D Dormer to just review kind of the, not like how we're going to solve it, but that there are still squad logistical problems with Europe and our European competitions. Yeah, that, that's going to be the really interesting thing. And, you know, we obviously have, you know, thankfully now with players like Mason Mount coming into the fold, Loftus-Cheek, Tammy Abraham, um, you know, so there's different types of registration, right? There's under 21, there's homegrown, there's academy trained, there's all these things that we're going to have to solve for in terms of who ends up staying, who ends up leaving. Um, I mean, one of the non-homegrowns should be eligible for the Premier League, but not the Champions League. So that's going to create a little of a, an interesting wrinkle there uh, because mainly Pulisic is under 21 in the Premier League, and but he will take a non-homegrown spot in the Champions League. So just, again, we're going to have some structural things to figure out, and that's going to be a part of some of the decisions on who gets to stay and who gets to go. But just keep in mind that like squad construction is not all about like who is the best, you know, I mean, it is first about who's the best player, and then we kind of work backward from that. And then it's about like, how do we develop the depth? And then based upon the depth, where do we then make that decision to say, we're going to overstock in this area with maybe that additional homegrown player. Uh, again, these squad sizes are 25, you know, plus. So at that point, you also can register like unlimited youth players on your B list. So and pull from that if you really need to kind of fill your squad, you know, effectively. So you, you've got a lot of opportunity to figure it out, and there's still time to do that. But just there are other factors to keep in mind when we think about how this squad is going to get fully formed in the next couple weeks. Yep, lots of pieces of the puzzle to still rearrange. Uh, but, Silves, I won't hold it back from you any longer. Go ahead, Christian Pulisic, your new favorite player, <laughs> will buy you a kit. Yeah. But in all seriousness, came on in 65th minute. Personally, I didn't think he got a lot of touches, but he did get around his defender. So, I mean, first thoughts, first impressions? I'm very excited. I mean, I've seen bits from in Dortmund. He looks a very, very good player. He's got very wide head and young shoulders. I think he's going to be a real talent. I think he, you know, in a year, he could be, you know, get himself off feet like Eden Hazard did. I think he's a real talent. I think he's a great signing for us. I'm very excited to see him play. You know, someone with a bit of pace. He's fresh. He's 
yeah, it's great. I mean, you know, Americans are bonus for you guys, but you know, hey, I'm just really looking forward to seeing you play. <laughs> I uh, I did a a quick tweet this week, and um, oh and boy, I, and, and it got it self-referential got little, much got got a little bit of love, so I'm going to share it out with the masses here. Um, first, I uh, just did a reacts timeline to the Pulisic signing <laughs> in January. Price too much. Doesn't start for Dortmund enough. Not sure it's a good signing. By March, boy, Nike's going to make a lot of U.S. dollars from the shirt, whatever it is. Uh, by June, oh my God, I'm so glad we bought him because we're taking the transfer ban. It's unbelievable. And then mid-July, he's our Lord and Savior, uh, possible Ballon d'Or candidate. Uh, he is the reason that we will get top four. So um, the the reacts has been interesting, Mike. Um, I, I think the excitement is probably even more than I anticipated from our from our international uh, community. Hey, hey, Mike, before you go, should we just rename this episode to uh, Nick Reads His Own Tweets? I have a couple <laughs> others if you guys wanted. Or we call it Nick Tweets. Nick Tweets. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're down for it. No, I, I think it's the same situation. Um the lack of transfers makes us focus within, right? And it it makes us more excited about Mason and and Reese and some of our young players. And I think people are recognizing that there's an American who can legitimately play something outside of the you know outside of goal in the Premier League. So you know I, I'm I'm super excited about it, and I'm all aboard the freaking hype train until otherwise to you know until we are proven wrong, but. It's a big day for us personally. Um, you know, I've 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 supported Chelsea for you know a really long time, almost twenty years, and to see an American get a legitimate shot at, at starting, I'm I'm. Well, let, I'm let's stoked. not forget Miazga, right? Like we we have to make sure that you know he gets a shout out here. Yeah, it's going. All, yes, <laughs> all due respect to Matt. Look, it's just you know it's unfortunately it's never sexy for center backs, and you know I think. I think Pulisic's going to do something that that Matt was unable to do. Right. Well, I mean, you know, it, basically Pulisic is inked to be a starter at some point this season for the club, and that's way different than you know where we're at with Miazga, who basically was thrown in by hitting to try to help manufacture a situation, and then ends up going on loan, and is basically going to be a loan sale profit at some point, uh, but never a first teamer at yeah. Chelsea. So. Yeah, I mean, Christian, you know, spoke after the match. He talked about he was happy to be out there. thought the opponent was tough. Did talk about how it was a quick turnaround from the Gold Cup. But he said it was nice to have a guy that we can relate to speaking about Lampard. So, uh, again, saying all the right things. Definitely looking the part. Made some good challenges. But, again, it's the first 25 minutes, uh, 30 minutes of his Chelsea career. So let's not, you know, overhype. Let's not underhype. Let's just be excited for the fact that, this was the first chance to do it, and he was doing it in that uh, super fresh away kit. No, we're going to overhype. We've all bought 24, number 24 kids, yeah. put Pulisic <laughs> yes. on it. The club said we Not could. Not the official number. I, Not the yeah. official number. Okay. We know how that's going to go. So those are on the way. Um, <laughs> I love the the the, the, the that Nike went out of their way, Silves, to make Pulisic feel at home with the uh, beautiful – away USA kit. Yeah, I mean, it's great. You know, a great bit of marketing, that wasn't it? The only good, <laughs> the only good, the only good Nike kit this season, because I'm not a big fan of the first kit at all. So I might, I like the third kit, the black one, but I want to see them in the flesh, but I might, might well get myself a, 
I would like it. Uh, it's a carbon copy of the 2014 which, U.S. World Cup kit. Like, yeah. it's a carbon copy. I, I love it. It looks good, but, like, I, there's no originality there if you... Like, I own one of those already. <laughs> you could take, you could take like, those kids do with, like, a pair and just, like, write something back in there, like, come up with the U.S. badge, the Chelsea badge, and, yeah. like, uh, and put it on Twitter. It's like a reversible Nick. <laughs> Chelsea one day, U.S. the next. Uh, all right. Well, look, uh, we've gotten way more out of this preseason match than I ever thought we would have. So huge credit to Dan Silves. Appreciate you coming back, my man. It's good to see you. Yeah, good. Thanks for having me. Always. Um, is there anything else you guys want to wrap this up with uh, on our way out? Final talking point, Mike, kicking it with you. Uh, what about predictions for Pulisic's number? Any any chance he wears the number 10 or is that already locked up nah that's got to be in callum's contract yeah you think he'll go in the 20s you think he'll go i mean i don't think, I don't I think he cares. Do double go 20 instead of doing 10 do 20 yeah yeah i like that i think he might go like something like 16 maybe that's that's what i was gonna say i think 16. Yeah. I, I, i'm partial to 19 i was hoping for like 76 you know 1776 um, <laughs> or 69 just for fun <laughs> Yeah, oh, we made wow. we made it like fifty minutes. <laughs> we went there. <laughs> oh, you're doing so well. No, it's it's gonna be Cut interesting. Cut up if you want. You know. <laughs> uh, Dan Dormer, uh, final thought. Um, you know the the Chelsea uh, youth uh, account has been doing some great stuff uh, because the under twenty threes and the under eighteens already playing. Uh, under eighteens smashed Bournemouth in their first match. I think it was seven to two. Uh, the under 23s are still playing at time of recording. They're already winning one nothing. So just uh, exciting times for our youth academy as well, uh, especially with some of the recent promotions in the management of that. So uh, just keep in mind, good things to look out for, uh, not just with the first team. Wow, typical Chels, weird. Nick, what about you? Uh, yeah, final thought would be, uh, if you remember uh, to this time last year, we did a, um, a charity kind of raffle uh, with a bunch of items that Jake Cohen donated uh, to support the Veterans Community Project. Um, so there's a lot going on with them, but um, specifically kind of locally, they're getting a lot of attention and we're likely going to do something with them uh, again uh, to support uh, ending veteran homelessness in the United States and abroad. I think their their mission is is gaining a lot of momentum and so just wanted to throw that out there before we even kind of announce anything uh if you're looking for a amazing cause to donate to that's one that i would recommend love it all right well thank you again all of you listening you are amazing we love each and every one of you and we will be back after barcelona as always um you know, what an exciting preseason it's been. Uh, just the energy, I think, with Lampard coming back. Silves, you and, um, you know, the the fans that go week in, week out, I think you can tell there's a genuine excitement and a, a passion back in the club. Yeah, I think, you know, ex, the exercise that goes of last year, I mean, it's almost like when Jose came back for the second time, you've got the most incredibly exciting feeling for the first game of the season now. Because like last year was so, so toxic on and off the pitch and, and despite us winning a cup and coming third, it was just it was a horrible season just for the the vitriol and everything else. But now you're like, if Frank is back, you know, there's, there's no bit bigger legend than Lampard. He's going to be in the dugout for Leicester, and I literally cannot wait. It's so surreal. I, I assumed it would happen, but not this soon. No, I thought a couple of years. I thought we'd be stuck with sorry for another year, possibly. Um, but obviously, Juventus came calling. And look, it's fate. I mean, Pep had a year at Barcelona B or C, wherever it was, and look yeah. what he's done. Yeah. No, absolutely. So excited. All right, Chelsea fans. Well, that will do it for this episode. As always, get in touch with us, social media, email, 
uh, or Discord if you're one of the fantastic members on Patreon. But until next time, Chelsea fans, you know what to do. Keep the blue flag flying high.